The following conversation originally aired on The Point on KPOV 88.9 FM High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. Airing weekdays at 9 a.m., The Point is a half-hour, locally produced show focusing on people and events in Central Oregon. We're going to be tapping into some really strong brain power here in just a moment. We have a special guest in studio, Lisa Menzies here. We're going to talk all about her for about the next 20 minutes or so. First of all, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, Don. And if you're not familiar with Lisa Menza, she is uh, the president, chief executive officer, Oregon Community Foundation. Uh, that just started in September. It sure did. Oh, my it's God. my first trip. So. <laughs> well, we're glad you're here. Um, before we get into the Oregon Community Foundation, I want to do a little, uh, talk a little bit about your background, because it's sure. quite, I mean, I'm sure you're tired of hearing, but we need to know uh, the accomplishments that you've done, the journey you've been on has mm. been pretty amazing. It's like, wow. Um, you, first of all, you were born and raised in Oregon. Yes, so I'm an Oregonian. You're an Oregon girl. Um, you began your career in commercial banking at Citibank. Yeah. Uh, moved to the Ford Foundation for 13 years. Yeah. Did quite a bit of work there. <laughs> Served two years as Undersecretary for World Development in the U.S. Department of Agriculture under the Obama administration. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty amazing. In 2017, you joined the Opportunity Finance Network, and you were there since, uh, what, March of 2017? Yep. Five, if all my notes are five correct. Five years. You've got it. You've and, got it, Don. And now, back in Oregon, kind of a full circle yeah. journey, yeah. Um, president and, again, CEO of Oregon Community Foundation. Um, you joined that in September of 22. You're the fourth in the foundation's almost half-century organization. That's pretty pretty amazing. Um, and then you, you've got some other things you do. You serve serve on some boards yeah, yeah. <laughs> boards <laughs> gotta <of> keep busy <laughs> the, the eco eco trust eco trust here in oregon yeah. uh, feeding america fidelity bank of ghana and heritage and cultural society of africa yeah uh, you serve as a member of the advisory committee of goldman sachs one million black women yeah. and the gaia impact foundation yeah uh, again born in oregon daughter of an immigrant from ghana and a and um, your mother was a former Iowa farm girl. Um, what, what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> I think I need to get you a spa day, Lisa. <laughs> love it. Love spa days. I think Bend is the best place for that. So. <laughs> like, oh, my God. You are a busy, busy, busy lady. Wow. What a path you've been on. How does it feel to be back in Oregon? It feels so wonderful. This is... I don't know if you've had this experience, but there's nothing like coming home. And it is... It's a beautiful feeling. I've been... Uh, an unofficial Oregon ambassador since I left for college. Um, but I've been here mostly for vacations. My family's still here. And, you know, my dear, dear, dear friends are here. So this has been the place of weddings, baby showers, funerals, sad times, joyous times. But I haven't been able to call it home you know, an address. So it's just, it's fantastic to come back. Well, welcome home. Thank you. We are, we are so happy to have you back. Thank you. It's great. So you're widely considered as an expert on access to capital on low wealth communities. And you frankly, frequently testified before Congress on the subject. Um, Your career has spanned the private, public and social sectors, and you've led collaborative efforts across all three sections, um, sectors, I should say. So much of your professional life has been, um, focused on rural development. Yeah. What led you to that path? Yeah. How did that start? Well, you don't have to go very far in Oregon to find a rural community. And while <laughs> I was born in Portland, I grew up in Beaverton, and I'm old, so it was a much more rural place. I'm the kind, I'm from the era where 
when it was time to make money as a kid, you went to the berry fields. And for me, it was strawberry fields. And that was my job every summer. And I think that's my first deep rural connection. I mean, my family had an organic garden and we raised chickens in the backyard. And this was a much more (laughs) rural place at the time. But I think where my affection and, you know, understanding starts is that I was a worker. I knew the farmers. I knew the berry buses. I knew the how you do this. My siblings and I, you know, that was that was summer. Every you were in the summer, dirt. In the dirt. And man, strawberry picking, you were right down in it. This is probably never going to be done by a robot, sadly. Uh, so, no, it's uh, it starts my affinity. I also think when you grow up in Oregon, something you know about rural areas is their beauty. Um, much of the country thinks of rural as kind of sad, you know, kind of like, you know, the economy passed you by or it's has been or, you know, we're no longer, a you, know, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. And I think when you come from a place like this, you know, the vibrancy, the beauty, why people defend and choose to live in rural areas, why they just want their children and grandchildren to understand the beauty of it. That's, that's me. That's, that's where I came from. So, um, but I think I think what drew me to the questions of rural development, you can see this theme of money runs through my career, either philanthropic or banking, or um, is that it isn't. We haven't all grown equally together. All boats have not risen equally together. And there are still many needs in a very, very wealthy country that I think we shouldn't give up on. And uh, so that that's, that's persisted in my interest in rural America. And what brought you to OCF? Oh, this is exciting. So first <laughs> of all, it's a chance to come home. And as you uh, reading all these things about my resume, <laughs> I sound better than, than it really is. Uh, ask my siblings. Uh, <laughs> but um, this is a chance to work in a fascinating institution that is statewide. You know, Oregon has one of the few statewide community foundations. It means that it can work anywhere in the state. And we have staff on the ground, like here in Bend, you know, who work in community, who live here. They're not just sailing in from, you know, a capital city or a big urban area to sort of get it on the fly. We're rooted in our communities, and that really attracted me, the chance to help run a statewide community foundation. The other thing is it's still growing. It's a fascinating model. A community foundation isn't just one donor who gives their money and then it's over. It's it's a growing institution, so it's grown a lot. And I saw that it had grown in the pandemic. What a tough time to grow. And it grew because people trusted it, you know, trusted this foundation to be a partner to nonprofits around the state. And I was so attracted to that model. Here I've worked on issues of housing and rural development and how we steward our environmental resources, but I'd never seen it in my home state all wrapped up in one institution. So that was an exciting opportunity. So when you have boots on the ground in all 36 counties, we don't have people in all 36 counties, but we have boots that serve all 36 counties. So it's fair to say that with five offices around the state, we're not just a Portland organization. I happen to have a beautiful office in Portland, <laughs> but, uh, but it's, it's being rooted. And I think, you know, it's almost 50 years old. So it's had the time to grow from a very small uh, foundation to now the biggest uh, set of resources for Oregon. But in this very unique way, it's, it's still a 
thousands of donors who continue to come together and thousands of nonprofits around the state who receive its funding. So to me, that's a beautiful picture. Is the Oregon Community Foundation, is that, yes, it's for Oregon, but do other states have stuff similar to this or is this kind of a standalone pioneer trailblazer type organization? Well, I don't know if we are the first, but we're one of the few that is statewide. A few states have a statewide community foundation. The models out there, community foundation for giving and, you know, supporting activities within a place. But I think Oregon has had that we're one of the biggest. This is three and a half billion dollars that's collectively come together. People's testaments, their wills, their continued giving. And then we're one of the few that has this beautiful ability to work rural and urban to tackle health and arts and education and wealth and housing. So to me, and environmental issues, we became one of the places that Oregon could support people impacted by fires. So I just, that's a broad scope. A lot of foundations say these are our three things and we're done, you know, and this is, this is Oregon's foundation. So the needs are yeah, vast yeah. and many. Yeah, that, that's true. For people that aren't familiar with the Oregon Community Foundation, um, Tell us about that. Yeah. So the way I like to explain it is for almost 50 years, Oregon's Oregonians have pooled their money, some of the wealthiest and some humble workers who've just said, I want to help this state thrive. They come together with a variety of interests, some on kids, some on uh, environment, some on health. And they've said, let's make this state thrive. And I think what it does we have giving cycles that run throughout the year for giving so we're a place for donors to come who are interested in serving their state we're also the place for those who are healers those who are investors in our state to come and ask us for what uh what they could do i think don i could say a little i'm here in bend to make my first trip and the team here showed me three things we started in warm springs here's a beautiful tribal reservation community and we saw this flourishing of um, nonprofit organizations sitting in warm springs fascinating often women-led uh, doing everything from the group that's trying to help Kanita come back to new organizations with youth so we went from warm springs to mosaic health a federally qualified health center here in the madras area and we saw wonderful things with serving whole communities and whole health uh, of all of our citizens. And then we ended up with the Latino Community Association. Uh, again, a 20-year relationship with OCF. So if you think about it, we've got the giver side and then we have the recipient side, which is diverse and, you know, indigenous. And, and, and I'm still going to see more today. So it's a... But I think... This is, you know, you probably have some stats. It is big. We've it's got, huge. Yeah. And it's amazing. Billions of dollars invested together in order to really make the kind of grants that help turn around uh, the state. And I think philanthropy has special dollars. You know, it's it's often the money that other sectors, you mentioned in my background, I've spent time in the public sector, the private sector, and in the philanthropic sector. And, you know, the nonprofit and philanthropic dollars are just so essential for allowing work that can't get started to flourish or allowing the things that don't fit a particular program to flourish. When I was in the Department of Agriculture, we had a lot of money, but I needed partners who could help communities connect to that money and help 
match the efforts and help move communities forward. And that's that's what it means to lead this foundation now, a chance to help deeper because you can work in a more precise way with small dollars. I've heard about grants that can be 2,000 or 10,000 in size, helping turn around nonprofit efforts and get started some things that couldn't start in another way. Well, every every bit helps, and those nonprofits have to be so resourceful, and the money, and yes. you know, the accountability is yes. there. All of that just to help them grow and provide to the community. Yes, I mean, it, you just, I mean, it, it's it, for lack of a better, it's just such a beautiful thing. But yeah. I know the struggles that come with it as well. Yeah, um, you know, in, in Ben, just looking at some of the stats. I mean, the stats are amazing. I, the numbers are huge, and and what OCF does for for Oregon and the nonprofits, but. Um, here just in Central Oregon, people that have received grants, like where have we seen OCF and Band? Well, you've seen it at the Fathers Group. Um, yes. You know, Prineville, we've got the Prineville Music Theater Camp, Restorative Justice and Equity Group, Madras Central, you know, Warm Springs Central, Madras specifically, the Environmental Center, um, Friends of the Fossil Library. Oh my gosh, I love Fossil. Um, the Healing Justice Collective of Central Oregon, Latino Community Association, Kids Club of Jefferson County. I mean, it just... It goes on and on, and that's just Central Oregon, and we've got yeah. all the other counties yeah. and the things. I mean, and the website provides so much information yeah. to learn what yeah. that's at. I was curious what I'm sure the need, especially when we had our wildfire fires, COVID, how those needs were increased or impacted, or what we're seeing, and how those um, those nonprofits were doing. Yeah, well, I think we've just come through three brutal years. You know, everybody was touched by a pandemic. Everybody was touched by a recession. Everybody was touched by environmental issues that went. Everybody was touched by racial issues. We just, as a country, went through this. Now, I was going through this in Washington, D.C. And just talking to folks from back home. What I now know about um, Oregon Community Foundation was how much it was able to keep going, even when our staff had to work from home, keep going with essential dollars quickly to nonprofits that needed to be on the front lines in a crisis. And then how much the foundation became a partner for larger efforts, things like Project Turnkey, you know, converting uh, hotels and motels into homeless housing and to transitional housing. And helping in things like uh, distributing dollars that were from fire-impacted areas. So I think, to me, what I'm excited about in the future is a chance to take a nearly 50 years history and keep building. There's many, many, many nonprofits in this state, you know, have had a touch from a donor from Oregon Community Foundation. And how exciting to see that grow as we build more donors and we deepen the work. And I think, you know, I hope we look back at this time of crisis. I wasn't here at the time in this seat, but I get to, you know, stand on the shoulders of those who've come before me and take the lessons of what we learned in crisis, you know, trusting our instincts, trusting that there are communities that know what they need and leaders here who know what they need and building on that so that we can 
come to the next decade and the next 50 years even stronger. So, And that was one thing I think during COVID the past three years is we've all collectively, we've all experienced mm-hmm. it, whether it was loss of life, yeah. loss of business, loss of, I mean, there was just so much that we had to adapt, pivot, yeah. fig- get resourceful. Yeah. Um, it was a time, so when we hear... When someone says, yeah, it was really tough during COVID, I totally understand what that means. So it's not an area, you know, I'm not in my little enclave, not understanding. I can resonate with all of that. When it says under-resourced rural communities, what does that mean? Is it just financial or is there other things that that fall under that? Yeah, I I love this word because to me, the under-resourcing, it's a way to not also be critical of our rural communities. Because it says we can focus on a lot of needs, you know, part is financial, but part is infrastructure. And part is the fact that, you know, what we were learning from a clinic like Mosaic yesterday is a lack of doctors. You know, that's not the fault of a rural community. That's low population density. It can mean, you know, uh, communities that haven't had the same access to high internet speeds and broadband and haven't had the same access to critical infrastructure like water and sewer and, you know, roads that mean they have a different trajectory of growth, you know. And I think what I love about this is that communities grow at different speeds. They grow for different reasons. But needs that a philanthropy can accelerate, it's often about bringing in people whose voices may not be at the table in a big planning exercise or, you know, who can say, our community needs this simultaneously. And so we sat with groups of parents yesterday on Warm Springs who were able to say, this is what our kids need. And we were able to advance that in with philanthropic grants. So it's, it's, it's pretty, I think... Uh, I love not working from just a deficit model and saying we're missing, we're lacking, but I think we can all admit that uh, there are needs and all communities don't get the same resources and some are are you know going to be different because of population or because of the way topology works or you know resources are divided. I've always just loved the different communities of Oregon. I've traveled throughout this state as a kid and even as an adult and I've had the chance to do it as an undersecretary of agriculture and it's not the same but that's part of the power and uh, part of its beauty and how fun now to join hands with volunteers with donors and with active nonprofits who want to keep investing and keep making this state thrive well and I can't imagine the feeling it must provide when you see those dollars that support the grants at work yes and then seeing yes you know the measurable yes and seeing wow this is pretty amazing yeah and think about it part of this covid time nobody could really get out and see so i think everybody should be on the trip i'm on you know (laughs) because we're we're eating really well but we're also seeing people are feeding me um but we're also seeing what dollars meant and we pride ourselves in tracking and in the data that can show what's happened. But we also are thankful for a chance to touch real human beings and to see and hear their own voices about what it meant, what it meant to have connection, what it meant to meet people that they might not have met if they hadn't been working on an OCF-sponsored project together. And so I love both. It's great to see data. It's great to see 
um, change, but it's also just great to see a new structure, like seeing a new health clinic and knowing uh, that philanthropic dollars helped uh, pull that together and will in the future. You see uh, a lot support. of passion in people. Yeah. yeah. And the drive and the fortitude, the sacrifice. Yeah. Um, how does Oregon compare throughout your philanthropic con- career? Mm. How does Oregon, I guess, on a not necessarily to broad brush it, but how do we look compared to other states? Or do we all kind of share the same struggles? Yeah, I love the question. I think the struggles are similar. I've been in the Deep South. I've been in areas of deep and persistent poverty, you know, along the Rio Grande, along the Mississippi Delta, in native reservations throughout the Midwest. I've been in, I've, I've lived in urban areas. I'm a, I was a long Brooklyn resident. And what I think about Oregon First of all, it's already a generous state. I, and I love being from a state that is relentlessly uh, optimistic and hopeful. I mean, this is the state. And I was always a little bit of an oddball when I went back east because <laughs> I kept saying, we can do this. You know, there is a can-do spirit uh, that I think unites us. And I, uh, we were often the first, Oregon, you know, whether it was something like a bottle bill or, you know, a right to a dignified death of your choice. There's there's some things that set Oregon apart. And so I do think struggles are often similar. It's hard to make the sectors come together of public and private and philanthropic. and But I think, it, and it's hard to solve issues like poverty in a wealthy country like ours. Why these are stubborn issues. It's hard to solve environmental issues. Where I think it's fun to be an Oregonian, and I guess you're getting at Don while why I came back, <laughs> is that I find it a very hopeful place. I find it a place where people haven't given up on each other, and people feel a pride of either having grown up here or having chosen this state. And I just feel a sense you know, of of hope. We use the word neighbor. Um, we use the word uh, investing in kindness. And I, I feel like there's a kindness, there's a neighborliness that despite times of pain, and you and I have talked about the loss of this season, it's the sort of running theme that I think will give us some hope to push our way out of this. You know, Oregonians aren't afraid of hard work. I, maybe not everybody went to a strawberry field, which is super hard work. But I think, I think many people have experienced hard work. And that means we're not afraid of struggle. We're not afraid of digging in. But we kind of have an instinct that it is something that we're going to have to do together. And that's very helpful. If you kind of get those things, you're not afraid of the work. And you're going to admit that there's a journey together then you kind of have the best shot at tackling the things that are hard and, you know, getting ready for the future. So No, complete. I, one Oregonian <laughs> to another. <laughs> See? Did I get it? Uncle <laughs> Luke spending time in fossil and condom yeah. combines, a potato farm. Yeah. Yes. All of that. Yeah. I totally resonate. Yeah. Um, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And that, that it's just that root yeah, you're just grounded in it. Um, I just really quick because I know they're going to pull you away from me. We've gone over time, <laughs> but I just wanted a couple stats. In 2022, OFC um, OFC awarded over 8.7 million in new community grants, including 2.4 million in donor funds, 
to directly support community grant requests of 371 nonprofit organizations. And that's not all of them. No. That's a, but that's even that's just, that just yeah. throughout the state. Yeah. Um, it's just pretty amazing. Now, what would be your advice or guidance for someone that is applying for grants, potential applicants? Is there anything that somebody that's like, wow, I wasn't realizing and what um what would your advice be to them we are open Call <laughs> just do it us. yeah and you know there's a human being at the end of the line so i i think that's You'll in this heard. time of everything <laughs> online everything with a form you know um, we've got some folks to talk to and this may not happen immediately but we have people that will listen and talk through and help people on a journey. Sometimes, I always said, you know, funding often comes from a relationship. You've got to get to know who's out there. And, you know, one of the things I'm learning here is how Oregon Community Foundation works with a range of funders. So maybe we're not the fit for your nonprofit or your effort, but maybe we know somebody who is. Just get and the how arena. lovely to get on the radar <laughs> so that, you know, good work can flourish. So, yeah, give a call. OCF.org, uh, OregonCF.org is our, uh, um, and I, and I hope people just, I hope it's the time to reach out and to, you know, give us a chance to, um, learn about your work and to see where the fit may be. Needs are always greater than philanthropic dollars, but, you know, that's why the together theme is so important. We have an opportunity to pull more partners to the table. Maybe we're not the immediate answer, but it's a start. start, Mm -hmm. And let's be on the journey together. It's probable that after almost 50 years in business, (laughs) we know a little something about where some of the resources may be to... um, to support the journey, and the journey keeps changing. Well, with so. your 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 journey, your political your political journey, your your professional, <laughs> professional journey, you have a little let's, politics let's, in it, but you know. But, but um, at the helm as president and CEO of the Oregon Community Foundation, I mean, it, it congratulations. Oh, How thank awesome. you, thank you for welcoming me home, Lisa and Menza. It's been such a pleasure, absolute pleasure. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and for our program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.